they roll with Verdugo and Grisham platooning in left, basically? Yeah, probably. Until Jason Dominguez returns? Yeah. I had that thought as, as I was going to bed last night, like, oh, they have Soto now and Judge, and I was like, and Jason Dominguez is so fucking cool, and we were and robbed of the chance to so really mad. enjoy him. Um, but now, now Jason Dominguez has the potential to like uh, be Juan Soto's young Padawan, which uh, mm-hmm. pleases me. Whenever he's able to make it back. Yeah, whenever, whenever that is. Hopefully, like at least sort of towards the end of the year. Like Sometime probably not summer. a lot of the season. But yeah. Yeah, because you can usually do like nine months or so for a position player. And that was in like August, September, September, I guess. So, yeah, I mean, we'll probably get uh, knock wood, assuming assuming rehab goes according to plan and all. We can probably get at least a little, a little bit at the end of the year. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, if you're listening, um, and I'll name check you somewhere. So, um, get Jason Dominguez in touch with uh, whoever you're medical your magical is. heal in 10 minutes mystery medicine <laughs> oh my god let's get that done I, I'm still thinking about Zach Wilson being like thanks but no thanks <laughs> oh my god I'm obsessed I have a mouthful of salad someone else <laughs> talk about it while I swallow <laughs> <laughs> it's rallying it's just, to then be like no no of course he was he, no why would he be reluctant to play? Like, if he was reluctant to play, he wouldn't be here. I mean, mm-hmm. right? Like, <laughs> my partner and I always talk about how the best job in the entire world is NFL backup quarterback. It's true. Oh, very, very true. Very true. Literally, just like the best job in the world. You make so much money. Yeah. And you basically don't ever have to do your job. And when you do your job, no one has expectations that you're going to do it well. And everyone, no. and if you do well, everyone's like, this is amazing. If you do bad, everyone's like, oh, he's the backup. Like, it's the right. best job No, ever. No expectations whatsoever. And, you, and your job think... during the week, oh, and your job during the week is to work out during, you know, doing a non-contact jersey. Nobody's right. allowed to touch right. you. Right. And- and sit in meetings. I've I've been watching Hard Knocks lately. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta say, Dolphins Hard Knocks is like really good. I'll watch Mike McDaniel's like read the phone book. Mike McDaniel, I, excuse me. I love Mike McDaniel. He is I he is my, my favorite little nerd. I adore him. And what I've taken from Hard Knocks is these guys just sit in meetings like all the time. They have so many meetings. Football players, they're just like us. I, I did joke. I was like, it's crazy how they have nine to five jobs. And my boyfriend was like, haha. But they don't, though. Like, they're football players. <laughs> but it's so – so for anyone who's not familiar with this situation, um, 
Zach Wilson got fed. Zach Wilson, now one of two quarterbacks to beat the Eagles. <laughs> Zach Wilson and Brock Purdy of equivalent stature in the NFL. Um, <laughs> obviously. Um, so Zach Wilson gets benched and then the Jets other back and then he's not even the backup to the backup. They say he's like the backup, backup, backup. And they want to like protect his confidence. They don't want to like put him out there. They don't want to get him hurt. That's the like whole reasoning here. Then backup quarterback sucks. And reportedly the Jets go to Zach Wilson and they're like, actually, what if you play? And Zach Wilson is like, I don't really want to do that. <laughs> He's like, no, actually, you know what? I thought about it. And this this gig where I just sit in meetings and don't get tackled by uh, 300 pound defensive linemen, it's actually fantastic. And I'm going to stay over here. <laughs> it's like, I do understand. I mean, obviously the real reason is that Zach Wilson is bad at football and they wanted to give, they wanted to take a try on if somebody else would be better at football, um, which is hilarious of them. But it's like, if the reason is like protect his confidence, protect his body, like on some level, it's like, it does make sense for him to be like, wait, so like, is that not true anymore? Like you. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's, and it does become one of those things where you're looking at them like, okay, well, one of these things is not true. So like, which is it? <laughs> Right. right. And either is bad. It's like either they think he's terrible and they made up a lie or they actually decided they don't care about protecting his confidence and keeping him uninjured. There's two things that I love here. One is that he is Bartleby the quarterback. and just <laughs> The other is the Jets got Aaron Rodgers and they said that they were keeping Zach Wilson and not trading him because, you know, it was the plan was Zach Wilson can basically do what Aaron Rodgers did with Brett Favre and or what Jordan Love did with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Sit behind this guy for a couple of years. You'll develop. He'll, you know, show you the way you'll, you know, you'll be his padwan. Right. And, and in the grand tradition of many football organizations. And Aaron Rodgers did take Zach Wilson under his wing, <laughs> become the messiest, most dramatic bitch yep. Yep. in the National Football League. And I Be hope that what Zach Wilson for. stays for years to come doing just this. It's beautiful. Honestly, it has elevated my opinion of Zach Wilson significantly because I just think, I just think it's so good. It's so funny. And I feel so like funny. more... I feel like more professional athletes should uh, call an organization's bluff like this. It's so I, – I, I'm so with you. It's like, you know, I've like jokingly loved Zach Wilson forever. But it's it's the <laughs> – it's the real like – just like him, him really being like a, a human being here who's like, actually, I – feel like doing my job and like really calling out his boss's bluff that I'm just like right I'm actually it's like actually not a joke anymore like I I I love him that's so funny of him I feel like Zach Wilson and Logan Sargent have very much had the same arc for us this year dude that is 
so, so, so real. And if we need to do more Yankees talk or if we need to talk about Susie and Toto being under investigation and all nine teams releasing word-for-word statements, <laughs> we should. But we, we should. are going to... We are going to do our – I went back and I listened to our very first Formula One podcast where we used the kindergarten boards of the drivers to give them points. We gave them points for their names. And in some cases, we did not give them name points, which was really <laughs> funny of us. For example, Nick DeVries. We really bullied Nick DeVries. We were like, his name is Nick with a Y. He doesn't get a point. And listening back, I was like, oh, man, we were really punching down there and we didn't even know. But we'll get there. We literally talked so much shit about Logan Sargent. We were like, he doesn't race for me. And I was listening back and I was just like, oh, you sweet summer child. (laughs) And that's a perfect comparison. It's like both of them is like, oh, these idiots. And by the end of the season, it's like, no, no, no. These are the only ones who know what they're doing out there. <laughs> right. Right. It goes from like this fucking guy to like ironic attachment to genuinely like, no, I love them. <laughs> yes. 100%. Oh my God. 100%. And much like Logan Sargent, I don't actually want to see Zach Wilson succeed that much. Like, if all of a sudden Zach Wilson, like, woke up one day and he was, like, a Super Bowl-level quarterback, I can't even say it with a straight face. Like, (laughs) you know, I'd be like, okay, like, happy for him. But in both cases, it's the level of kind of, like, inability that they bring to their job that I'm like, you're a king. You're a king. They're they're important characters in the ecosystems of the sports. That like, look, you can only have so many superstars, right? Like guys who are just uncomplicatedly good are boring. I I Love need me. a certain number of people who are just messy, who are gonna fuck shit up in weird ways, who are gonna decide they don't want to work today. Like I, there needs to be a certain amount of that. They fill an important role. They absolutely do. And 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 Logan and Zach even look the same. They both have that like corn fed blonde American baby boy vibe to them that I'm just like, yes. What do you think is more likely? Zach Wilson wins the Super Bowl or Logan Sargent wins a Formula One Grand Prix? It's Zach Wilson wins the Super Bowl by a thousand miles. <laughs> See, uh, I would, I, I, I would, I would say Logan Sargent winning a Grand Prix, and this is why, because it's a single race. You know that's fair. So when you started that question, Jesse, I thought you were going to say a World Drivers Championship, I, and if that's oh God, the question, no. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's Jack by a mile. But it's no. so true that like. A Grand Prix, like something weird could happen. You could have like a weird safety car moment. You could have like some right. weird shit get really fucked up. And suddenly Logan Sargent is winning a race in a way that like can't quite happen on a path to a Super Bowl. I think right. Logan Sargent winning a Grand Prix is more equivalent to Zach Wilson being the only quarterback to beat the Eagles until the other day. Yes. yes, that is correct. That is correct. And I just, I need to take a moment on that note to detour. And just say um, that that Niners-Eagles game was so enjoyable for me on so many levels. And 
Uh, I would like to repeat it many, many times over because Brock Purdy is a fucking gift. And aside from the fact that he is the quarterback of my favorite NFL team, I also just am kind of obsessed with this weird narrative of like this absolute nobody, literally Mr. Irrelevant, barely got drafted. For this team that has gone through quarterbacks like Kleenex and like. (laughs) Including a number one overall pick. Right. Including a number one overall pick, a trade that they paid through the nose for. Like, they've done everything they could. Quarterback was like the missing piece. The rest of that roster was absolutely stacked. And they had built through the draft and they had. Like just the rest of the roster is so good. And they just could not fucking figure out quarterback. They couldn't figure it out. And then this motherfucker shows up. (laughs) And is the third string quarterback and everybody else gets hurt. They're like, fuck, I guess it's this guy. And he just wanders in like, cool. And that's, and now here we are. (laughs) It's so good. It's so beautiful. It's, it's the point of sports. It absolutely is. It is It is the kind of thing that uh, seems like a Disney movie. And if it if you weren't actually watching it happen in real life, you'd be like, okay, this is a little, it's a little much. This is a stretch, right? Like a little too on the notes. Editor's notes make this slightly more believable. <laughs> but it's real and we're watching it happen. And, and that's when that works out. That's the fun part. So speaking of the point of sports, <laughs> um, <clears throat> I obviously have just been beside myself without any Formula One to watch. And this week, the Formula One universe came together and said, there might not be races, <laughs> but we have got drama. We will give you the content, even if we can't give you the cars on the track. I'm still kind of trying to parse exactly how this began and where it's going. But fundamentally, it seems that there has been an allegation to Formula One. Hang on a second. Oh, God. Hang on a second. I just, I need to, before we get into any of this, I just need to say um, that I can confirm that I have not made any complaint to the FIA (laughs) regarding the allegation of information of a confidential nature being passed between an F1 team principal and a member of FOM staff. I am pleased and proud to support F1 Academy and its managing director through my commitment to sponsor an entrant in my liveries from next season. Thank you. Jesse, thank you so much for sharing the original, carefully crafted words. (laughs) Heartfelt. Genuine. Mm. I mean, it's actually so... Okay, so... So, the allegation is that Susie, as a member of Formula One management and the Formula One Academy, I think her title is managing director, and Toto, uh, her husband, as the principal, the team principal of Mercedes Patronus AMG or whatever their fucking name is, um, have been... are under investigation for sharing confidential information having possible conflicts of interest. It seems like I was starting to kind of gather some of the pieces of this before we recorded. 
I guess this tracks back, allegedly, this tracks back to Toto saying something in a meeting that was like, huh, the other team principals don't have that information. Why would Toto have that information? And I guess it was lodged as like an informal complaint. An article comes out first being like, Toto and Susie are under investigation. And the FIA releases this like very brief statement being like, yeah, like we're investigating them and and kind of like leaves it at that. Mercedes and Susie release statements being like, we reject this entirely. The Mercedes statement is fine. The Susie statement is phenomenal. Um, she is, it's a great statement. She's like, it's first so of all, this, she's like, first of all, this is sexist. Like everyone's assuming like, because my husband is the like principal of Mercedes and I'm in Formula One management that like, this is my fault. And I completely agree with her and I stand her and I stand with her. And at the same time, I'm like, I mean, come on. Like you have to imagine that like the two of them talk about what happens at work every day. Um, but the real best part of this is, of course, all the speculation is one of the other teams must have been the one to go to the FIA and complain about this. So all of this started coming out on Tuesday night. We get the like original article, the Mercedes and and Susie statement. <laughs> and yesterday, late morning, East Coast time, the most beautiful thing began to happen. And every single other Formula One team released the exact same statement that Jesse has also released. <laughs> Word for word, within like a very short time frame, every single one of them is like, we didn't have anything to do with this. So that's where we're at. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so messy and it is it is the sort of thing that kind of only happens in this sport because it requires just a certain degree of... Uh, <laughs> rich messiness to get to this level. And the the funniest part um yesterday was that obviously because Instagram is a non-linear timeline every time I opened Instagram <laughs> all day there was another one. <laughs> That's so good. It was beautiful. It was so funny all day. It was so funny. Um I will say that my theory is that the person who complained is I don't I I can't think of who it would be specifically, but um uh well no, I can't think of who it would be specifically. It was Otmar. It was absolutely Otmar Softsnauer. <laughs> such a good theory that's such a good theory because then all the teams can honestly say we had nothing to do with this right right if it's a if it's a recently fired spurned guy which is also not, always motivation right that's always motivation and exactly what what you said Addie, plausible deniability all the teams can say well it wasn't us because it wasn't technically even if they might have known you know, whatever. It wasn't them. It was nobody who works for them in any professional capacity. A hundred percent. 
I love that guess. He he's also just a messy bitch. So like he, I can just is. I could just see him doing it in that regard. Cause I would otherwise have said Zach Brown. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Except but McLaren immediately was like, wasn't us, wasn't us, wasn't us. So Well, the other thing I find fun is like obviously the teams all have a way to coordinate. Of course. I, I do not doubt it. They're probably in some slack together somewhere. Like I say there's there's a group chat. There's a group chat. Like, obviously, the teams have a way to communicate. But there is something suspicious to me (laughs) about every single one of them in very quick succession saying the exact same denial statement. Right. You couldn't even draft your own version. Right, you can't even do you can't even do it's well, like, you know, you have the like original one. I think McLaren was first to put it out. It's it's like you have the original one and then it's like you can't even like change a couple words. Like you like literally it's like there's right? this thing that I'm like So, okay, you guys didn't do it, but you're all working together very very well right now. That's just <laughs> interesting this is remarkably well coordinated (laughs) my thinking my thinking on that is that it it feels very european lawyerly because they don't yeah yeah yeah, they don't really discuss much and like you know like criminals don't get named um when they're accused in articles in europe um right because they have the most on video, egregious libel yeah. laws mm-hmm. known to man. I want to go back to something with Susie's statement, and you know the the oh, just because I'm Toto's wife, you know why the you know the focus comes on me. That's also um, disrespectful to Toto, who is perfectly capable of cheating all by himself. (laughs) I'm sorry. You think that man needs help to cheat? A hundred percent. I think that's such a great point. And I fully, fully am ready to believe that Toto is doing corporate espionage. Oh, one million percent. One million percent. That's the funniest part part of this. Is that the allegations... It's part of the job. Right. The allegations... Formula One. Right, and the allegations in and of themselves are, like, on a very broad level, 100% believable. I don't think there's any question from anybody that, like, yeah, no, absolutely that would happen. But it, the idea that he has to go through Susie to do it does just feel a little ridiculous. This man is, this man, if he went through Susie to do it, this man is going to make Jim Harbaugh look like a goddamn genius. Right. Cover your tracks better than that. I just, I I have a hard time believing that he's not smarter than that. I mean, I will say I've become a little bit of a Toto, I'm not going to say hater. I'm not like an out and out Toto hater, but I think that the, like to come in when, you know, when, when they were really dominant, I can really see how you're like, that's my Dilf daddy. Like I love Toto. But to come into the sport when Mercedes is on the decline and I just kind of get this vibe from Toto. Like, one, Toto actually has a huge ownership stake in the team, which oh, I don't yeah, feel he like does. 
discuss often enough. And that's unique among the principles. Like Christian Horner mm. is, does not own Red Bull Ra- – like he doesn't own a huge chunk of Red Bull Racing. And say what you right. will about Christian Horner, but it's like at least he's not an owner, you know? Like, And so that when I learned that, like that kind of gave me a bad vibe. Like this like kind of – like he has so much investment. And, and I feel that he has – Maybe I'm extrapolating, but, like, I feel that because of that ownership investment, I get this feeling that Toto has more investment in the brand of the team and the PR aesthetic of the team than truly, like, caring for the drivers, winning races, making better cars. Like, clearly, Lewis has been very unhappy all season. Lewis and George have been like beefing all year. It's just, there's just been this thing. And, and then I think it's also that everyone is obsessed with him. Everyone is like so digmatized by Toto that like my own sort of like, I don't know, there's like a phrase for this, but it's like when someone tells you to watch a show so many times that you're like, I'm not going to watch the fucking show just because it's like so. There's like a term for this and it's it's escaping me. But I'm, I have that a little bit with Toto. I'm like, everyone says he's God and it makes me not like him. And so in some level, I'm feeling quite satisfied by this. But as I said, I love Susie. Susie's the real fucking deal. And so it it's like I, I really want there to be a world where Susie is like completely clear of all wrongdoing and Toto absolutely has been cheating. <laughs> I mean, I I will say I like Toto sort of grudgingly. I think I like Toto the same way you like Max and that I kind of like that he's an asshole. Very real. We're going to come back to that later. <laughs> yeah. And that like his – I think his interactions with Christian especially are so fucking funny. Or were, they're not as funny now. But they were when Mercedes was really dominant and Red Bull was always like nipping at their heels. Toto and Christian's interactions were so funny. And Toto yeah. was so, so sexy about it in that he was so unconcerned. Like he was so determined to not respond. And Christian was just like a little yappy terrier. Like Christian gets so riled up about it. And now that their roles are reversed and it's Christian in the dominant seat, I think that it's not quite as fun of a relationship to me. It's no, the, like, the dynamic doesn't work as well with Christian being the one who's actually doing better. And I mean, speaking of Christian, I think Christian is the only team principal who was asked directly, is this your fault? <laughs> a fair question. <laughs> and that was before all the statements came out. And honestly, like, I believe that it's not Christian Horner. Like, I think at this point they're like, we have the best car in the universe and we want it to be two seconds faster next year. Like, I have bigger and better battles to fight than Susie and Toto. Now, I will say, Red Bull is also Mercedes. I mean, Red Bull is obviously cheating. So, that is the long-standing position of this show, that Red Bull is absolutely cheating and great at not getting caught, which is the point. It's Formula One. That's part of why I believe it's not Christian. I think that when they're so dominant and they're cheating, for him to start to lodge cheating allegations at other teams will only come back to him, and I think he knows that. 
Oh yeah, no, no, you can't. The part of the key of not getting caught is to just make the whole question a non-issue. And right, everybody no do one, what they're no going to do. Talking, no one was talking about cheating. And Christian Horner does not want that book opened. No, because you know, it's one of those things where as soon as somebody starts pointing fingers, everybody's pointing, pointing fingers at everybody else. And that is when you get caught. Because that's when somebody steps in and is like, fuck it, fine. Okay, we're going to investigate everybody because you're all being children. And that's how you get caught then. I think that is something we can really hope for as an outcome in this situation is that it leads to other allegations of cheating. Oh, I want it to get we, as messy as possible. I want it to just become everybody got, accusing everybody else of everything. 100%. Right there with you. We've got a long off season to go, but this is uh, halfway through the show. I will introduce that this is the Casual Die Hard podcast. I'm Jesse from the internet, joined by <laughs> my co-hosts who have been carrying this episode, Addie from the internet and Britt from the internet. I don't need to introduce them at this point because they've been carrying this, like I said. Uh, last time we left off on our Vroom Vroom show, um, I'm just going to play the, the theme right here. Let's ride. Let's ride. Let's ride. Yeah, last time we left off uh, with George Russell, our... Yes. Jester Prince. Our Jester And we Prince. have seven drivers uh, that we did not yet talk about. And, and Addy, I was curious if you had, in conjunction with um, going back and, and listening to our season <clears throat> preview with the kindergarten boards, if you wanted to do these remaining seven in a specific order. No, I think it's okay. Um, I think we can go through them because the main people that I think we had the best early takes on um we definitely i think haven't covered yet so i think we can just keep moving up and i will sprinkle in some fun tidbits of our original kindergarten board review if Love you it. guys are interested i went and i dug up the original kindergarten board thread if if you're interested in returning to it um at an at any Ooh, point but um, I think George is a great uh, – let's just dive back in, and, and I will sprinkle back in some of our, our early early takes. I would like to know what we, what we thought about George early in the season. So um, – <laughs> I, I, let me just start by saying um, <laughs> um, we – like the kindergarten boards were prophetic. Like, there were very, very few places where we were wrong on, on the initial vibe reading given to us by the kindergarten board. Um, George Russell, his kindergarten board, uh, name George Russell, F1 season five. That's another thing we gave them points for that I think is super funny. We were like, I don't know. I We, we, we like sometimes didn't give people – I didn't give Fernando Alonso a point for its, it being his 23rd season in Formula One, which I thought was funny of me. Um, he's from the United Kingdom. His fave for food is Burger. His hype song is Homecoming. And his This Year I Will – he wrote, win more races. <laughs> oh. God bless. 
And would you like to know between me, Crystal, and Jesse, how many points? We 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 were offering one point for each of those, depending on if we liked it or disliked it. Would you like to guess of all those things how many points we awarded George Russell? I don't even remember what the point of, scale was. Out of how many? You could, how many. Get a, you could get a maximum. So there's um, there's one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, there's six categories. So you could get a maximum of 18 points here. One point from each of us for each of those categories. Don't overthink this. <laughs> you don't need to know Wait. how many points are possible to know how many points we gave him. Twelve. <laughs> We gave George Russell zero points. <laughs> oh, my God. Poor George. We hated his name. We hated his experience. We hated that he's from the UK. We did like, we did like that his fave food is burger because that was Jacob deGrom's favorite food that we had been laughing about. Yeah, for weeks. that's why I said three. Was that he just wrote burger. But we were all really upset that it was just burger. And we all gave him zero points. He got zero <laughs> points. <laughs> and boy, I mean, in some ways, it's not quite the same as the Logan Sargent and Zach Wilson arc. But in the end, I think that that was the appropriate amount of points. And I end the season living, laughing, loving for George Russell. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure that we liked Carlos Sainz more. Uh, he's the next driver that we had. Um, we, we only non-Red Bull driver more. to win a race this season. Um, Let's see what notes I took about Carlos here. Um, Wilson of Formula One. Yeah, like in so many ways. Oh, oh my God. Okay, so... Oh. Um, Oh, bless his beautiful, empty brain. Some notable um, things here are that, one, none of us understood that smooth operator is, like, his whole thing. Like, we're like, okay, like, that's kind of an interesting hype song, but we were like, I guess it's pretty (laughs) good. Um, But he wrote, his fave food is pizza burger which as you can imagine we had a field day with uh, is that is that one food is it two foods is it burger pizza is it pizza burger um i believe that he i, I didn't write down how many points he got but he he did pretty good we we definitely gave him like some fairly fairly good amount of points here what i did write down is is he wrote this year i will win and i wrote in my notes okay we should have trusted this <laughs> Uh, that race was easily the the most exciting highlight of the entire year literally the highlight of the whole season whole entire year a delight yeah thank you carlos and really like i think that you know he finished seventh in the overall standings but i wouldn't trade that your you know Fernando Alonso's season. A hundred percent. One win. I, I mean, literally, the only other person who can claim it is Checo. And it, like, that's just. And a he whole had a other miserable story. season, too. He had a miserable season. And 
And Carlos had some really, really bad luck in the last few races that that oh my goodness. I, that like really kind of plummeted him down there. But I think if we if we look back on the season, what we'll always remember is that he won in Singapore, and we'll always remember the Ferrari radio where they said Lando point eight behind with DRS, and he says yes, it's on purpose. It's on purpose. <laughs> oh, oh I went God. to another plane in that moment, and let's just remember. What happened behind them, which was George Russell sending it into the fucking wall. Like, it was amazing. And then the FIA uh, screwed him over in yep. Vegas. What do you know? Absolutely. I just. That was the worst moment of the season for me. Like. I had some I had some low points with Charles. Charles crashing on the formation lap might be my low. Oh my god. (laughs) We will get to him. I have so much to say about our kindergarten board review of him. (laughs) The the thing about Vegas, I was trying to explain it. I was at a party the other night. I was trying to explain it to someone who was not a Formula One fan. Um, and just watching her developing look of horror and bemusement at once as I tried to explain what happened um, was both really entertaining and also just reinforced the idea that this sport is absolutely insane. It really is to explain to someone that a drain cover. Is that is that the part you were explaining? The drain <laughs> oh, cover situation? Yeah, the drain. It was I, I was explaining the drain cover situation. And I was also explaining the uh all the people who were at the first practice session getting oh kicked out God. after sitting in the pat in like in the paddock club or whatever for hours because oh it's 2 a.m. you have to go. And then it the cars keeping people awake at like four in the morning or whatever in their hotels on the strip. It was both of those. I did not get to explain um, Piff the Magic Dragon or the Elvis impersonators or Blue Man Group, which feels like a missed opportunity, but I will see this person again. Um, so we may revisit this. <laughs> Brit, Brit seeing this person again. All right. So where do we leave off on the biggest <laughs> Grand Prix? <laughs> she, I, I believe we left off in SP1. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to continue this whole uh, sordid tale to make sure she gets the full picture. I mean, it is the most press free practice one has ever gotten. Ever. Ever. Mm -hmm. I want to ask, because we had the the theme on Monday night of like, it's easier, you know, for Lily to explain her gender to a child than it is to explain... (laughs) College football football. playoff (laughs) and the way that that worked out. Um, Uh F1 versus the college football playoff. How how does God does this person have? have, I'd like to know if this person can digest that nonsense as well and and what what those looks are. You know what? Uh, The person in question, I believe, went to Michigan. So I feel like that needs to be part of my next conversation with her as well. Yeah. Hey, uh, let's talk about some notable cheaters here. (laughs) (laughs) A uniting theme. You like cheating? Your love, Formula One. 
The problem is that uh, I think if you're a Michigan fan and I'm trying to get you into Formula One, I kind of may be obligated to make you a Mercedes fan, which feels no, I wrong, think that's but yeah, it is no, that, that's perfect. Totally, they'll be happy. Right, they'll it's, be so it's happy. Happiness for people, and <laughs> right, happiness is true. also misery. So, <laughs> right, perfect like pairing. It right, it's just spiritually the correct move. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I try to think of which college football team would be McLaren. I don't have that right at the top of my head, but we can think about it while Addie, uh, can you, can you tell us what we thought of Lando Norris and, and if we have, yeah, I want to do a super brief double back to just note that, um, when we did the kindergarten boards, Jesse gave us the odds of this person winning the championship and Oscar Piastri had a thousand to one odds. And he really outperformed those odds. He did. Um, we didn't like have like anything really to say about Oscar Piastri. And listening back, I was like, this kid, story of the season. Love him. Lando, um, let's see. So we <laughs> um, we were really mad at a lot of what Lando said. Um he had we were we were particularly mad at his this year. He said, This year I will turn 24. And we were all like, boo, hiss. I don't even know why that upset us so much. Um I mean his it's, high- a, it's admittedly an an uninspiring answer. It's an uninspiring answer. His board was just like overall not that uh thrilling. And I and so I think that we just like didn't really let me pull up the the board itself. Um, yeah, his was just like super boring. So the, I feel like we didn't really capture Lando's personality. We didn't give him like any points. <laughs> we had him below George Russell, which is dark, even though I think they're like soul twins. He did have a Burna Boy song as his hype song, which I think we didn't respect enough um, all in all. I think we did not appreciate that he is a fuckboy who didn't care for this exercise. I think that's exactly right. Yeah. You can tell he's pissed in his picture that he like didn't put the effort in in a way that now I can appreciate that we didn't we didn't full, fully capture. We were just it seems like he just like didn't have a personality. And boy does Lando have a personality. <laughs> he certainly does. Uh, fifth place this season. Do we want to save? <laughs> Charles for the end, or do you want to? Yeah, let's come back to him. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Fourth place, uh, tied for fourth with Charles, Fernando Alonso. I'm curious what I thought about him because I I think that he had a his season wound up being weird. Like, it started off real good, and then it was terrible, and then it ended, like, kind of saving it, but really not, and just, like, nothing was good. So, we spent a lot of time talking about how um, he got his own – he's the only one who got his own tweet here, and um, it says – 
F1 season number 23 for at Allo official exploding brain emoji. The most experienced driver in history and dot, 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 absolutely no sign of slowing down. And we all spent a lot of time being like, that's humiliating for your workplace to be like, this guy is so old. <laughs> what we, we also made fun of him for saying, this year I will have fun. <laughs> he did not. <laughs> some ways he did at first. He had some there fun. Were, there were moments. There were moments. Mm-hmm. There were moments. So he was totally midfield for us. We just were like, I, I, I did tell him to retire, which I want to take back. I hope Fernando Alonso never retires. I think, you know, I think as long as he can, he's going to. Like, if you've been doing it this long, why would you stop? Yeah, I don't think Fernando Alonso needs me to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah. Um, I think also I, I kind of wasn't watching as many of the races as regularly early in the season. So my feeling about his season, also the recency bias of just like the second half of the year, but like, I didn't see his good as much because like Ferrari was so miserable and I was not having fun watching, um, I yeah. will say his last lap overtake of Checo, what was the race before Las Vegas? Was it Brazil? I think it was Brazil. Yeah, I think so. Who had that last lap, lap overtake? Yeah. That was fun. That was really fun. That was fun. All right. Uh, third place. Anti penultimate face in next year's um intro sir lewis hamilton sir lewis hamilton was either refusing to make a kindergarten board or not invited to make a kindergarten board i think both of those are absolute possibilities and so our discussion of lewis hamilton at the end was reading a interview <coughs> where he very eloquently and beautifully spoke about how his like it was right after Formula One had said you can't make political statements, and he was like, "Fuck you! I'm going to make political statements." Yeah, and um, in, and did that instead of making a kindergarten board, and we had mad respect for that. But we didn't, and I would love to see Lewis Hamilton's kindergarten board. I would as well. I would as well. Because I want to know what he's listening to. The thing with Lewis is that Lewis drop a playlist. Yeah, Please. drop a playlist. I have so many Danny playlists. I need a Lewis one. They're probably good. I think the thing with Lewis, though, is that he... I can't decide if his kindergarten board would be just really boring because it's just, like, not the kind of thing he's into or if it would be extremely funny. Yeah. Like, I could very much see it going either way. It could go either way. There's not that the other, much that's The other British about... drivers did not impress us with... Uh, right, so exactly. This is not a thing for them. That's exactly what I was going to say, is there's not that much similar about Lewis Hamilton and Lando Norris, but I do think that they both have an all-or-nothing approach to a kindergarten board. It, right. I have to say, Lewis had a sneaky good season. 
He did. He did. It, it yep. really, like, there were very few races where it was like, <clears throat> oh, that was Lewis Hamilton's race. And yet, at the end of the day, like, he had a level of consistency that very few other drivers pulled off. And he clearly uh, outperformed that shitty car that he has over and over since the season yeah. ended been like that car sucked <laughs> oh yeah that that Look, car was that car was garbage he was very clearly driving his ass off like yeah. all season long to get the results that he did and i'm glad that he finished you know as the top non-red bull driver he deserved it i completely um, agree yeah i just hope there's a there's a chat somewhere of Lewis and Charles and Carlos and George just being like, so those cars fucking sucked, right? A chat. It's them with microphones in front of their faces. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But I but I want the I want the totally uncensored version. Not the 100%. I'm not the I'm tired and I've lost my filter, but I'm still gonna kind of try and not get myself fired. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think. <sighs> All and right. Charles very polite. the Red Bull boys. Charles, oh, very, Charles very politely, uh, I think it was in Vegas when he was just like, that was literally the absolute most I could get out of that car. And it's like, baby, you're not <laughs> wrong, but also like that hurts a little bit. Like that's maybe a little too real. <laughs> I know. But yeah, but, I, but I love that he says it. I love that he's – And again, too. we will come back to Charles. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's let's move on to Checo. I feel like we've we've discussed his season a plenty. I will hard to I, feel I, bad about second place, but hard to feel good about second place at the same time. It was second I, place in such a weird way. I think is the thing. Mm-hmm. Like there were some really really good races. There were some absolute disasters. There was lots of just incredible stupidity. So it's one of those where like yeah, the totality of the results is like you should be happy with that. But also you're still, it's hard to not still look at it and be like, eh. I will offer this and this alone um, <laughs> as my comment. That is really Jesse's comment. So Checo's board, it says, this year I will enjoy. And Jesse says, <laughs> Jesse says, I don't believe it, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Got on. Right. Oh my god. Uh, I I feel like since I'm just in a college football mindset, partly because I've been listening to various college football podcasts because I just love the fucking drama of all of it and everybody's reactions to Florida State uh being snubbed in favor of Alabama. Um I was thinking earlier about like the the Kirby Smart uh Nick Saban dynamic between Christian and Toto. Um and I'm not sure if that's really there or if that's a fully formed take. Um but Checo being like LSU. Like you you had a really good year. You're going to a really cool ball game and and yet it's all just uh feeling like it should have been more like he should have been challenging max he had the same car 
and we, we talked car. about yeah they gave him I the mean, shittier version or whatever but it was the same car uh, yeah, he was winning races early i said this i think when we first really went on our tinfoil hat wapo or wapo sorry i'm looking at the wap um, there's something on my screen about the wapo walked out today bye just so you know you're way too late if you yeah. clicked on wapo stories on thursday um when we first talked about the red bull conspiracy the best evidence i have that they're not cheating is checo <laughs> <laughs> that's very true that's very true so my i guess my galaxy brain take on that though would be that like Maybe they really did just give him and Max different cars. <laughs> right. And the, and the Checo being mid is just like the best cover possible for cheating just as far as they absolutely could get away with, with Max. That's part of the cheating. <laughs> and you're getting, you're getting finessed here. Yes, exactly. It's a whole. So real. They have an elaborate so team here. <laughs> right. This is how they're going to get away with it. I believe that. So I think would you Kristen guys like got to guess? that from his wife because there's, you know, you always keep a Mel B and a Mel C around. <laughs> right. Right. And, you know, makes it hard to tell exactly what's going on. So in first place, but not last, <laughs> not not the last person we'll be discussing today is the one and only Max Verstappen. Would you guys like to guess how many points we awarded Max Verstappen for his kindergarten board? Let me give you, let me tell you his kindergarten board answers first. Okay, yeah. My name is Max. F1 season, nine. I am from NL. My fave food is tomato soup and beef carpaccio. My hype song is (laughs) Slash, refuse to answer. And... This year, I will eat many good things. <laughs> 18 points, perfect. We literally gave him a perfect say. score. Amazing. We gave him a perfect score. And admittedly, we did. Jesse was very clear that we were giving him perfect heel score like the slash through hype song really delighted us we loved that um what we really loved was tomato soup and beef carpaccio we were very distressed about like do you eat them together are they just like two separate favorite foods that he couldn't pick between tomato soup as a favorite food in in general What I am so, so, so deeply charmed by at the end of this season is this year I will eat many good things. (laughs) From a person whose favorite foods are tomato soup and beef carpaccio. Like, honestly, what a fucking king. I'm so thankful for him. (laughs) Like... That's such a perfectly max answer on some level because it's like neither of those is a bad answer in isolation, but putting them together is so confusing because it does immediately make you want to know, like, are they just tied and you can't pick one? Do you eat them together? Is there some particular preparation I should know about? Like, are you doing like a beef carpaccio hot pot with the tomato soup? Like, what is the scenario? 
Well, and then the, the eat many good things is so Yuki coded. Like so many of the other answers, like this year I will. It's like I will win. I will win more races. I will – Yuki wrote actually race hard uh, – race strong and – I think – hang on. Let me, let me read it to you exactly. Yuki wrote um, – this year I will drive fast and race strong. And my only note on him was yes, King. He was our perf. Our, he was our first perfect score, and we were a hundred percent right I about that. I stand by that. I yeah. stand by that without question. Um, but it's so Yuki coded. Like Max is about to have the most dominant record breaking year, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna eat some. I'm gonna eat many good things." <laughs> right. <laughs> oh God. It it also hits me now after a year of like really watching racing more seriously than I have in my life. I've always liked it, but like this was the year that like I really got into racing and and not just F one. Us loving Yuki and Max like that much for their you know the way that they express themselves. Those are the two guys that I would most love to see drive in the NASCAR Truck Series. You know that that's Max's favorite thing to um, yes. e-race is NASCAR trucks. I race, yeah. I race, yes. whatever. I don't know anything about the whatever his life is. By the way, I saw today that he has it had might be private... e-racing. I know iRacing is a kind of thing in e-race. I, I, I think he... Go ahead. <laughs> I don't know. I saw today that he had his private jet upgraded so that he can sim race in the jet. Oh my God. Of course he did. Of course he did. My king. <laughs> God, he's just so Max. He's so Max. <laughs> he is Nick Saban, except Nick Saban's sim racing is recruiting. <laughs> Always be sim racing. <laughs> oh my goodness. So we gave him a perfect score. Um, and I do, I do stand by that. I stand by that. Yeah. Why wouldn't he be perfect in he's perfect in every other way. This like just not like good necessarily. Yes. <laughs> right. And we were we were a hundred percent clear on that. Like we were not like this guy is so fun. We were like, this guy seems evil and it's so, like we love him for that. He's the Dutch Roman Reigns. Oh yes. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's. Uh, All right. We got. We got one left. It's the big one. The uh, one who stole our hearts. It's the big one. God. So Charles was the very first kindergarten board, and the very, very first words out of my mouth were, "He's so sexy." <laughs> <laughs> and, and we were so. We were so. Like everything about this was so right, and and God, listening back, too. what'd you say? I said, God, he is too. He is. I'm- and we we all, you could literally hear us falling in love with him. Like we were like, oh my God, this man. Like immediately, I'm like, I just Googled him and I like can't believe how hot he is. And, um, and, and because it was our first board, we didn't really know how it was going to shake out. And something I would absolutely never do now and that I actually forgave him for halfway through is I refuse to give him a point for his favorite food being pasta. <laughs> I was like, not Who specific enough. I was like, tell me what kind of pasta. Like, this is right. going to go to 
I need more information. Right. I was like, I want more information. I I don't want to give him a point for this. So Charles did not get a perfect score from us because Crystal and I both refused to give him points for that answer. And then halfway through, I was like, wait, that was a better answer than like half of these idiots. Like, (laughs) but there was something that we really did not pick up on that has been haunting me ever since I re-listened to this episode, which is that Charles's hype song is The Adults Are Talking by The Strokes. And Uh, Britt, are you familiar with this song? I am. I am. First of all, say, I, I, the song rules. Like, no one one else is out. We got a lot of, like, you know, very, uh, like, there was several answers for hype song that were just, like, house music. I was really mad at Oscar Piastri for just saying house music as his hype song. (laughs) Right. Um, We got a lot of, like, we got, like, some Drake. We got, like, you know, we got, like, very we got a lot of basic hype song answers. So like, first of all, I because because he was first, I don't think we appreciated what a good answer the adults are talking by the strokes is for a hype song. And then I'm listening to the song and I look up the lyrics and we could not have captured this in the context at the time, but let me read you some samplings of some lyrics from this song. The song opens, they've been saying you're sophisticated. They're complaining, overeducated. You are saying all the words I'm dreaming. Say it after me. Say it after me. They will blame us, crucify, and shame us. We can't help us if we are a problem. We are trying hard to get your attention. I'm climbing up your wall, climbing up your wall. I'll skip forward a bit here. Um... (laughs) Same shit, a different lie. I'll get it right sometime. Oh, maybe not tonight. Oh, maybe not tonight. Oh, maybe not tonight. This is Charles's hype song. (laughs) I am so haunted by this being, by Charles hyping him up, hyping himself up with this like heartbreaking song. I just. Yep. It, I just, it's so fucking sexy of him also. Like, it's so hot of him. Imagining him sitting there listening to the strokes before he gets in the car is just, like, sending me to a a level I, like, can't even articulate. But, God, I'm, like, reading these lyrics. I'm, like, this is, don't go there because you'll never return. I know you think of me when you think of her, but then it don't make sense when you're trying hard to do the right thing without recompense. And then you did something wrong and you said it was great. And now you don't know how you could ever complain because you're all confused because you want me to. Then you want me to do it the same as you. Let's go! <laughs> right. Um, how is that the same person? <laughs> I have to say two things. Um, one is that I love that album. It's not my favorite Strokes album, but I do love it. Um, that has Ode to the Mets on it, isn't it? It uh, That was going to be my second thing, that it is the same album that has Ode to the Mets on it. Um, 
And this also just makes me now want to know, like, is Charles like a Strokes fan broadly? Like, dude, I feel like he is. That, that's like, like kind of a Strokes deep cut. It is kind of a Strokes deep cut. And I also then now really want him to get a hold of Spencer Strider's album rankings Google sheet. Oh my sheet. god! I I want to I want a Charles and Spencer Strider collaboration. Man, I'm not familiar with Spencer Strider's music uh, stylings. Uh, what, Spencer, what's going on there? Well, Spencer Strider is a huge Strokes fan, and. He and his friends have this extremely complex rating system that started to rate to rank the Strokes albums, where they assign points for like the album art and the lyrics and the music and the this and the, like. There's categories, and it's all very complicated. Um, there is a shared Google sheet apparently among him and some of his friends. He's done. He did at least one interview um, on a podcast where he did like a very they had a very long conversation about this and it was very interesting um he's a total nerd and i respect that about him all right well spencer strider you are today's open invitation to appear on this podcast <laughs> i don't like that i find you more likable every time i hear about you because it's you so annoying and i know. we need to get you the hell out of there it's uh, literally so annoying how likable he is uh, Grab Max Freed. Literally let's, play anywhere else. Yeah, Grab Max Freed. We'll set up an extraction team. We can make this work. We'll get you out. You know, I, I feel like, you know, like, you know, like an, like an actors on actors. Like, I feel like an athletes on athletes that's Spencer Strider and Charles Leclerc would be. Can you imagine? They're not allowed to talk about sports, by the way. They can only talk about music. <laughs> yeah. They can only talk about music or like the the crushing awareness of their own mortality or Oh my you know, whatever. God. Oh my and god. Your host, Barry Zito. <laughs> I would I would truly I would I would buy tickets for that instantly. Oh, so um, let me just take you briefly through some other highlights lower down the rankings of our uh, assessment. Notably, we gave Lance Stroll zero points. Hilarious. <laughs> Correct. Um, <laughs> yeah, accurate. We were so mean to Nick DeVries. It was like literally almost sad to listen back because he said, this year I will live my dream. In my notes, I just wrote, ouch. <laughs> Um, Set your alarm too early. We gave huge points to Valtteri. We've obviously talked a lot about how we we hope for more there. Um, a really phenomenal moment that I had completely forgotten is that Nico Hulkenberg, who we had some uh, various complaints about, but didn't spend that long on his this year. I will was this year. I will get tanned. Mm. I. I just, I love it. I don't even know if he pulled that off. I love it. <laughs> and then finally, um, we of course had Logan Sargent, who we talked so much shit about. We were so mad at him saying that he was racing this year. I, I like this year, I, and he wrote, ra am racing for the USA. We were so mad. We were like, you don't represent me. Um. But notably, his hype song was Lose Yourself by Eminem. And even that 
charmed me <laughs> in hindsight. Ah, oh, he seems seems that he's going to get another chance. I'm doing important research here. Um, Nico Hulkenberg does not look particularly tan here. Got a, a picture here from Vegas on his Instagram. Yeah. I don't know if he pulled that off. A low a low stakes yeah. lift, and he couldn't even do that. They go to a lot of sunny places too. They do. They spend a lot of time in very warm climates. So all in all, I you know, I, I felt that we had a very good sense of the grid. We were basically right You're about everything. We were so correct. Right. We we were so I was really proud. I, I thought we were going to embarrass ourselves more than we did. And we were pretty dead on with a lot of assessments. Our our favorite boys were um Max, LOL. Yuki, Lewis in absentia, Charles and Esteban. I feel that Esteban is like kind of nothing to me at this point. I got nothing from him this season, but like, you know, our honorable mentions were Pierre and Carlos, which I think are the correct honorable mentions. And our lowest scorers mm-hmm. were Lance, George, and Lando. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that kind of all tracks. It all makes perfect <laughs> sense to me. I stand by everything that we said. Um, I have to say that I really appreciate the fact that I was not involved in this episode. I was not involved in uh, marketing Charles Leclerc at all. No. At no. All. Yeah. Not, there was, I um, did not have to drag anyone into this, and yet here we all are. We jumped, we jumped right on board because we are just that uh twisted as people coming into this we had literally two notes from you on the episode which was one that you were like lewis always gets treated differently i don't know why he's not in this like and and that triggered our conversation of like where is lewis what's happening and the other note was um oh no we actually had we had we had three notes there was that one there was the note um, because on the the one with the two Haas boys, the caption on the tweet was "ballsiest duo on the grid." <laughs> we were we were all like, "Huh?" <laughs> and so we had a note from you saying, explaining the "suck my balls, mate" incident, which I was laughing so hard listening to us be like, "Okay," because now that's so memed, I can like hear it in my mind. Right. "Suck my balls, mate." Right. And then we had a note from you that Lance was the Nepo king of the world. <laughs> Nepo baby king of the world. <laughs> and that was all the influence you had. And we came out of this being like, we will die for Charles Leclerc. I love that those are the three things that I felt really compelled to make sure you were aware of. 100%. It was all, it was all we needed. It was all needed. We got ourselves to the right place. I do think it influenced our assessment of Lance. We were all like, because we were all like, this guy sucks. Like, it really, but like, he sucks, so. I mean, like, it wasn't an incorrect assessment. Yeah. Oh, my God. I look forward to seeing what they do next year, but I also look forward to seeing what they do in between. Uh I look forward Mostly to seeing what they drama. this evening. There's there's <laughs> yeah. so much time left for chaos before the first race of next year. 
in between now and the time that I post this, which will you know, <laughs> probably actually not be that much time, but it's all time in the F1 world. So you guys have anything else that you want to talk about? This is a fine day. No, but I do think we should play a little bit of a adults are talking in the edit out here because now I'm like, fuck, yeah. that's such a good song. It's a good song. I love him more than ever. It's true. I love him more than ever. <laughs> <sighs> so much Instagram content. My love algorithm's him. really coming along well. That's nice. On that yeah, note- I, I, we were so right. And I'm proud of us for that. Yeah, good, good job. And I also, I do also feel better that I don't have to like blame myself for the no the emotional trauma we that has this. since been inflicted on you. We did this to ourselves. We took <laughs> literally Brit. We took one look at him, and we were like, "He's the one." It's true. It's true. <laughs> and, you, and you didn't even have to watch him like be sad about his dead godfather or anything. To get well, to that point. later, I was already into oh, deep by then. <laughs> that episode is just so fucking sad. As you're into deep, that is not the strokes, that is some 41. Make <laughs> it some 41? I think so. Did Alien Ant Farm have anything other than that cover of Smooth Criminal? Uh, yeah, but not really anything that was, like, super noteworthy that I can think of. Definitely not the Strokes, who were contemporary, but different and actually good. <laughs> the problem is that the actually good and what I enjoy uh, sometimes cross paths... Because uh, what I enjoy is mostly a large pile of crap, and then also some good things. Um, <laughs> hey, I, mean, I I think that Jesse has great taste. Sorry. The Formula One theme song was in his Spotify rap, so <laughs> I'm so impressed by that. I, I mean, I can't. Yeah. Mind. 33 Max Verstappen was my 12th most listened to song of the year. Just to be completely honest. That's well, incredible. Get us, get us, uh, get us in your Spotify rap for next year by streaming us there. We're there now, Casual Die Hard. Perhaps that is where you listen to this episode. These are better things to say at the start of the episode, but I only played the theme <laughs> halfway through the episode anyway, so um, we're good on that. We're getting things together. Onward into 2024, but also... Uh, Stick around next week because we have a guest for some non-F1 talk into which we will probably inject some F1 because that's what we do. Uh, This is Casual Die Hard. Addie, Britt, thanks so much. And uh, love you.